This is the Shift Podcast. Tonight on the Shift Daily Podcast, Sir Christopher Gilbert returns with the International Dispatch. Hear how a Japanese man had too many drinks and accidentally leaked nearly half a million bank accounts and then gave away the password. Plus, New Yorkers getting Botox for their bladders and so much more. Also, Game Showy is back. Brendan and me, I'm Shane, we face off in the all-Canadian trivia version of our beloved pretend game show. Plus, are you okay with starting a new job? All of this and more coming up on the Shift Daily Podcast. This is the Shift Podcast. Hit it, PK. It's time for a battle of the ages. It's time for game showing. This game showing is a rematch. Three weeks in the making. Here we are. Time to do Canadian trivia. Here's your host, Ryan O'Donnell. You're darn right it is, Bob. Welcome back to Game Showy. I'm excited. We finally have the two competitors back on the Game Showy stage, Brendan Kelly and Shane Hewitt. It has been a hot minute since you two faced off in this epic game of trivia. Are you ready? I think so. I don't know. I feel stressed a little bit. Yeah, you should Excited. Because right, so <laughs> this is a what... battle. Do you want to tell us what this is all yeah, about here? Like, how does this work? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll do how it. Do so do we're doing a good old-fashioned themed version of the game show with the categories being all around our great country, Canada. Canada, yes. Can-con trivia. We have three categories that you can pick from, gentlemen. Your questions will be... Three categories? Canada... Ooh! <laughs> Very good. <laughs> the first category is... How far is it to Niagara Falls? Oh, I'll just set up my homing beacon. Okay. Nice. Ryan Kelly's from Niagara Falls, in case you're <laughs> Yeah, <wondering>. he is. <laughs> Canadian animals uh-huh and canadian history yes three categories categories for you to pick from the rules are very simple this is trivia if you answer the question i give you correctly you hear this you get a point there you go. Up to three points if you pick a hard question. However, if you are wrong, that's right. Uh, uh, the last couple of weeks, we've been playing for different uh, different uh, prizes. Last week, it was uh, tanks of gas. And uh, this week, it is bottles of maple syrup. You could be a very rich man by the end of this game, Showy. Now, that's very rich. One I love it. Reminder. One last reminder, you can, both of you, can use the text line once. But if you choose to use the text line answer, or go to the text line rather, you must use the answer provided by the listeners. So, my friends, shift heads, get your phones ready. 877-399-9898. Text in the answer if you know it. You could be the deciding factor in this week's edition of Game Showy. You're going to recap the categories? Let's yes. do it, Bob. The categories are How Far Is It to Niagara Falls? 
Canadian animals, and Canadian history. All right. Let's do it. All right. Let's do um, it. All right. I'm ready I'm gonna to go. Flip a coin. This is exciting. I'm going to flip a coin to see who goes first because I actually have a coin oh. here. Canadian heads coin. For uh, Shane and. No, uh, you got to go heads for Brennan because he's bald. Okay. But okay. <laughs> heads for Brendan, tails for Shane, which in this case is a child, uh, is the image on the tails. So that's weird. Uh, that's, uh, a that's weird. weird. That's okay. And <laughs> going first is oh heads. Brendan Kelly gets to go first. Ah, there you go. Ah, Brendan, please pick for a that category. Crack about my head. Yeah. <laughs> uh reminder you can pick a category and up to three bottles of maple syrup for uh, point values i will go with canadian animals for three bottles to open up a big game to start okay okay jeez get it jugular Uh, these animals like to go for the jugular canadian geese oh no Uh better known as the cobra chicken are a symbol of our nation whether we like it or not uh but interestingly they share a trait with humans we actually have something in common with these animals brendan kelly what do we share with canadian geese is it the preferred climate is the suburbs they stick with their children for life or Mm. they mate for life Well, they're very aggressive. They're very aggressive. Very aggressive. So that's that's two. That narrows it down to two of them for me. Um, aggression. So they mate. They mate for life. They mate for life. Incredibly, somehow, yes, Canadian geese mate for life, although they will find a new mate if one of them dies. Uh, they uh, often mate uh, in the same place as their parents using the same nests every uh, year. That's weird. Oh, that's gross. That's yeah, doing that's, it in your parents' bed, yeah, man. That's weird. Yeah. So <laughs> not quite, I guess, fully equal with humans. Well, that Still gets weird. really weird because they have a it lot does, of babies. So that's a they lot of do. babies fighting for that for that residence, which, by the way, I'm not quite sure they care, share that in common with humans. Uh most humans, yeah. if you ask their ex, <laughs> don't really mate for life. Yeah. Well, in principle, we'd like to mate for life. How is that a question? Because right. there are some pretty tough questions, and uh, it I, this is you know our budget. <laughs> I know this is why I yeah, said I the child was appropriate because you All right. you start acting up. <sighs> okay, uh, next for me, I'm going to go for. Well, I have to go for three bottles of syrup. Maple syrup, I'm going to go with uh, distance to Niagara Falls. How far is it to Niagara Falls? Here is your question, Shane. Mm. How far is it to Niagara Falls from Iqaluit, Nunavut, as the what? crow flies? How as long the does crow it take flies? To, yeah. How long does it take to fly from Nunavut to Niagara Falls? Well, how long, like in time, or like how far is it? No, how long is the journey in hours? But what am I... If I'm flying? If you're flying. What am I flying in? I will admit this is stated a jet. confusingly. A jet? What kind of jet? A, a plane that flies to like an airport. Commercial Planes way. go different speeds, right? Like it. Okay. Like a All right. Commercial. I will give you a hint. The plane that you are flying in flies directly to the airport from, uh, from Iqaluit 
uh, not to Niagara Falls, Canada, but to yes, Niagara Falls, no Buffalo, and then there. a quick hop across the. Uh, across <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, have you seen the Niagara Falls Airport? It's yeah. aside from the ice cream shop next door. Okay. There's not a lot okay. there. <laughs> now, I'm not going to leave you completely hanging here. I'm going to give you some okay. options. Okay. Okay. So the first, uh, and these are ballpark. So I'm not going to give it exact to the minute. Okay. So okay. the first is five and a half hours to fly from uh-huh. Nunavut to Niagara Falls. Okay. Seven and a half hours, nine and a yeah. half hours, yeah. or four and a half hours. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to, uh, okay, well, I'm going to get you out to repeat those again um, mm-hmm. for me, five but I'm going to do a little bit of math. Okay. Um, five and a half. Wait, wait, let, let me do my math first. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to say giving as the crow flies. This is a three-point question. Well, this is a lot of math here, first of all, and this mm. is complicated, and I've got to translate it to jet speed, apparently. Do I have to check my bags in this jet? Because the government says i got to go like four hours early for that. I'm going to say this isn't a perfect world where you can hop on the plane on time, get off the plane on time. Okay. Okay, okay from Iqaluit, Nunavut, to, is I'm going to say, is probably as the crow flies, 33,000 kilometers Maybe 3,500 at 1,000 kilometers an hour, not quite. Call it 700. Uh, what was the five hours one? Five, they're all in a half. So five and a half, seven and a half, nine and a half, four and a half. Five and a half hours. That's my answer, Bob. It is nine and a what? half hours to fly from Nunavut, yes, oh. to Buffalo. Oh. That is how, how big can that be? It's nine yeah. hours to fly from Calgary to Rome. Yeah. 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 You're you're not flying yeah. in a jet. You're flying on a goose from the last question. Yeah. It's well, it's probably not a jumbo jumbo jet. I mean, it's it it's the north, but type it into Google and you'll yeah. see that's the correct answer. Canada's it's a long big, flight. It's a big country, and especially it's a damn up. Big country. Especially when you go Well, up. I can tell you this. I know that as the crow flies from Edmonton to Niagara Falls is uh as the crow flies is like 2800 kilometers from Edmonton and Edmonton's noon, like a Callowitz going to be a little bit further than that. Maybe a thousand kilometers more than that. You're also flying against the wind. The wind is different when you're flying that way. There's a lot to take into account. How, it's a long journey. How am I supposed to know the jet stream? I doesn't Brendan change. gets, I told you doesn't change. gooses do it in their parents bed question yeah. for three bottles. I, <laughs> This is wild. It was good ice cream at that next to the airport. Though. Very yeah, good ice cream good. at Niagara Falls Airport, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, moving on, Brendan Kelly, you're up three nothing. Ah, all right. Well, since I am up by a whole lot, I can relax here. Um, let my guard down. It'll come back and bite me in the future, I'm sure. But I'll go with Canadian history for one bottle. Canadian history for one bottle. Oh, here's a good one, Ryan. How long did yeah. you say that that was? Nine and a half hours. Yeah, I Googled it. It's nine and a half hours if you connect in Chicago and Toronto. My direct, the direct, the flight that I put, the yeah. path I put into Google, <laughs> I mean, told me nine and a half hours. I put the whole thing in. I've flown I did. Out. I just Googled it. It says right there Canadian North Air Canada and American Airlines via Toronto and Chicago, nine hours, 40 minutes, with two connections and two other airports. Yeah, I was going to say, too, like, I've <laughs> flown out of Buffalo a lot. There's no direct flight to Calvin from Buffalo. <laughs> this is, well, there may be. Anyway, if I, I didn't get it right, but this can't be right. I'm going to do some math while Brennan's doing the quiz. Okay. I okay, can test sure. this. I'm calling the ombudsman. 
I'll sure I'll give you another three and a half question. Just look in the background and let's move on. <laughs> Brendan, what does the name Canada mean coming from okay. the Iroquois Huron word Kanata? Do I get into multiple joys? Yes, I was making sure. Okay. Because okay. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I was like, too. Okay. That's tough. Even I would say he needs multiple joys. Okay. Come on. Place of gathering. Whoops, I just muted my microphone there. Place of gathering. Uh, home, riverbank, or the uh, last. Oh, whoops. Hold on. Sorry. I think just froze. Where'd it go? Place of gathering. Uh, we have places. Sorry, guys. My thing just froze. Um, let me get it back here. Thank you. There we go. Place of gathering, settlement, riverbank, or land of cold? Um, riverbank? That is incorrect the correct mm. answer is settlement very direct mm. uh yeah two indigenous youths told french explorer jacques cartier about the route to Kanata. they were actually referring to the village of Stradcona, the site of present-day quebec city there really you know. that's where the name comes from yeah. i didn't know that that's cool. I also, by the yeah. way, don't deserve the points on that last question because I, I, I Googled it, the map, and I yeah. actually had a Callowit in absolutely the wrong place anyway, <laughs> although my numbers were pretty my numbers were pretty right. The distance okay. as the crow flies um, from a Callowit on this map, I put the link, by the way, so you guys can see in our chat, um, okay. and I'll put it up at shiftheads.ca. The distance from Niagara Falls to a Callowit is 2,395 kilometers. I guessed it was about 3,200, right? So mm-hmm. it's even closer than I thought it was. And most airplanes fly around 700 to 1,000 kilometers an hour, the big jets. So do the math. Four hours. More hours. More, more so time. So that might have okay. been four and a half hours. So I was probably wrong anyway. But mm-hmm. um, just for the sake of knowing what it is, I'll put the link up there. So now we can all learn something new about, A, where a Callowit is, and B, yeah. uh, that you don't have to connect in Chicago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. All right, Shane. Here you go. Do uh, you want to get back on track here? I would hope to, but I my, my hopes are not confident. Okay. I'm gonna, so I'm going to go with uh, Canadian animals because BK did it. I'll do it mm-hmm. for two bottles. For two and bottles. Hopefully it's okay. about geese doing it. Okay. Uh, this one, I, I, I don't think it's too tough. The beaver, our national animal. How many trees does the average Canadian beaver cut down in a year? Oh, God. Is it 30, 75, 118? Or 216 per year beavers per year 216 per year. is what like four a week um four trees a week yeah that doesn't seem enough to build a dam i will tell you that the average tree that they can cut uh, the tree that they can cut down uh, is up to a, usually about 40 centimeters is that oh, really that big tree yeah that's yeah. like it, it's 40 centimeters in diameter in, yeah. in, diameter wow yeah yeah so not wow, that's... tiny trees no wow those are some expensive braces um okay so i would say the biggest what's the biggest number 200 some 216 i'm going with the biggest number because there's no way they could get 216 trees to build the dam build their um hut thing what was that thing called hmm. that a little beaver lodge beaver thing oh yeah yeah i forget what yeah, the right? name is um so yeah in order to get that stuff done 200 trees seems like just 
the bare bones. So I'm going to go with the biggest number. Uh, that is, yes, that is correct. Yes, 216 trees, which is actually amazing. I would think it would be not that many. But yeah, they cut down a lot of trees. They are, uh, they get the work done. And uh, uh, another neat little mi- thing about beavers is they actually hate the sound of running water. So they try to make their dams as big as possible so that they don't have really? to hear the sound too much. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. did not know that either. Yeah. Beavers are cool. Never talked to All a right. beaver before. Me neither. Brendan Kelly. <laughs> Yes. You're up one point. The categories, I'll remind the listeners, 877-399-9898. Text in your answers. How far is it to Niagara Falls, Canadian animals, and Canadian history? I'll go with how far is it from the great city of Niagara Falls for okay. two bottles. <laughs> two bowls. All right. How far is it to drive from Winnipeg to Niagara Falls? Give your answer in hours, and I will specify this is the route through Canada, not cutting through the United States. Ooh, Winnipeg. Do I, okay. do I, do I get Yes, you do get some, yeah, you get some options here. So the first is 27 hours, 21 and a half. 18 hours and 30 hours. Mm. It's between 18 and 21 and a half. Um, I'll go 21 and a half. The average drive from Winnipeg to Niagara Falls through Canada takes about 21 and a half hours. Yes. One, which wow. I thought it would be less than that, but it is 21 and a half hours. That's a reminder of how big Ontario is, man. Yeah. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah. Crazy. Okay. That's uh, amazing. All right. This is it. Okay. Last question. All right. This is it, Shane. There is, uh, there are a couple of, there's one three bottle question here that you could uh, tie the game with. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that my is in the choice. Canadian I might as well. Section, section. Okay. All right. This is a two parter. Right. Okay. What? Battle. Okay. What battle did the Canadian Corps fight as one formation for the first time in history? Was it Normandy, Dieppe, the invasion of Sicily, or Vimy Ridge? The first one. The first time the entire United Canadian Corps fought together as one unit. Well, Dieppe and Normandy are way too similar so i'm gonna go deal with vimy vimy is yes correct that was the first time world war one now it's an amazing it's it's an iconic moment for our country they attribute the success to technical and tactical innovation and a brilliant planning for the full three points shane where is the vimy ridge memorial where did the battle take place was it belgium france or Germany? Oh, I should know this. I feel embarrassed. I don't know the answer to that. I don't. Uh, Vim, what'd you say? It you said Belgium, France, Belgium, or Germany? France, or Germany. Yeah. This is a thing that I... I'm, I don't mean to point you in a direction here, but I feel like the texters will probably know the answer to this one. All right. So Come on, texters. Oh, I'm going to bring up the yes. text window here. So I can see it faster. Yeah, bring up the... T- okay, so if you know the answer, Where's where... Vimy? Where is Vimy Ridge? Is it France, Belgium, 
or Germany? Ding, 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 ding. Um, okay, I'm gonna go. Uh, well, I'm gonna go. Um, a couple, of, yeah, uh, a couple of texts coming in now. I'm gonna go with Glenny and the unnamed. Was this the name attached to that one? Uh, uh, Drew, no. Drew oh, from Bevilk, Bevilky. I don't know what that means. Trucker Dan, Glenn, they're all France. I'm going France for the points. Come on, give me the two questions worth. I was two questions. Is it France? Did I get it right? That is the correct answer. Yes, ah, thank you. yes it happened right. in France. Wow. Okay. If anybody thought this game was fixed, just like to be clear, Brendan had three points for geese uh, humping in their parents' uh, bed. Uh, I got three points for two separate war questions. Just saying. Feel like feel like this is starting to sound like the tiny wheel a little bit here. What's happening? Oh, okay. oh let's All calm down. Right. We'll get you some ice cream from the airport. <laughs> <laughs> in Niagara Falls after we go through Chicago. Okay. Uh, this is cool. I guess it's a tie. Is that where we leave it? We must leave it as a tie. How yeah, Canadian we have to leave it. Tied. It's very oh, Canadian. That's good. I'm sorry. That's, I'm sorry. that's good, bud. All right. Well, let's hit the extra. Thank you very much for listening to Game Showy. The game where the questions are about geese in their parents' beds. And not about the hard ones with seven-part questions about the war that other people have to answer so they can finally get their questions in their bottles of syrup right. Get your pet spader neutered. This is the Shift Podcast. It's time for us to travel across the Pacific, my friends. Welcome to the International Dispatch from our world citizen. Live from Japan, New Zealand's Chris Gilbert. Sir Christopher Gilbert is a Kiwi who came to Canada. Nope, Kiwi who went to Japan, came to Canada, went back to Japan because uh, he liked it better. Well, that's, not, hey, buddy. that's not wrong, to be honest. Sorry, sorry everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that is the truth. <laughs> oh, you've kind of found your place, man. You, you found your jam there. Yeah, you know, actually, when I first moved to Vancouver, I, um, I, my previous experience of living in Canada was in Quebec. So I was expecting a lot of like Saint Hubert and like a lot of cinnamon spread and Swiss chalet, Swiss chalet and stuff. And I found it very Pacific Northwesty, a lot of deep fried chicken burgers and uh, and and uh, a lot of um, oh, what's the the big store you have in North? Oh, Walmart stuff like that. And I was like, oh, this is this is very different to what I expected. But I, I without a word of a lie, love Vancouver, and I can't wait to go back to Canada. And I mean, no disrespect to my earlier comment, but um, uh, yeah, I would say that uh, Japan has become my home. Although it's so hot, it, it is freakishly hot here, Shane. It's really? actually a little scary. Yeah, so we, we're in the middle of a heat wave, and heat wave is kind of doing it at a service because it feels like summer, normal summer except that normal summer here usually starts a month from now. Uh, summer is a month early. And so all the things that go along with summer, like the sound of cicadas, are missing. And cicadas aren't here yet because it's too early for them. And, you know, everyone has to stay inside the concrete jungle and, and just sweat furiously because there's no summer holiday yet. Summer holiday usually comes in the end of July and August when it's most hot, you know. And But people can't escape the heat. They have to go to work in this heat every day. It's kind of freaky, dude, to be honest. It shouldn't be happening. 
All right. Well, I love it. Well, a little uh, vacation with uh, sweaty Christopher Gilbert here on The Shift, uh, the International Dispatch, where we take a little tour of the world and talk about uh, important breaking news stories, uh, safe enough to say. Um, yeah. Should we get started in your uh, your adopted home country there, Chris, or what? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, so the first story today is uh, extremely important and pertinent. Uh, it's about a salary man um, who had a USB stick. And the USB stick had the bank details, addresses, uh, birthday, gender, uh, tax information of 460,000 residents of the town of Amagasaki. Now, the town of Amagasaki is just west of Osaka. It's between, uh, you might know the town of Kobe. It's between Kobe and Osaka in Hyogo Prefecture. And he was taking this USB stick to um, Osaka to drop, drop it off to a call center. The thing is that uh, on the way there on Thursday night, he decided, you know what, I might stop off for a little drink. And he went for an after work drink with his mates. He kept drinking and he kept drinking. And then he passed out in the street and uh, his bag with the USB stick of 460,000 people's bank and tax information was stolen and because this guy got sloshed and passed out and couldn't handle his nice. booze. So not great, not a great situation. And they had a press conference and they're like, well, well obviously did the Japanese think we're very sorry that uh, we stole, uh, sorry, we lost this USB stick with all of your personal bank information on there. I actually know if I'm one of my friends personally in Tokyo, it's got an email the other day saying that she was on that list um, she was on that. Her data was on that USB stick, so they're contacting people. But the, they said at this press conference, "Don't worry about it because it's password protected." Shane, no one's going to get your details because it's password protected. Phew. And then they were like, "Is it a good password?" That was one of the questions. Like, "Is it strong? How much can we trust this password?" And then, God bless him, temporary special benefits chief Naoko son of Amagasaki City was like, "Yes, it is." 13 characters it's a very good password and people quickly cracked that amagasaki the city is nine <laughs> characters and the year 2022 is four characters and nine plus four is 13 and now amagasaki 2022 is trending on twitter because someone gave out the password at the press conference <laughs> that's that's a thing of beauty isn't that the most beautiful thing you've ever heard? And lest we not forget, a few weeks ago, I don't know if you remember that the um, the guy who put all of the COVID relief money on uh, on a floppy drive and accidentally got the bank to send it all to one person who immediately ran away with the money. That was in Yamaguchi Prefecture, which is like pretty much right next door. So I don't know what they're doing over there. You know, if I was uh, Hiroshima or Okayama, other prefectures in the area, I'd be checking. Um, you know, what's in my in my sake that I'm drinking because they're giving away everyone's money and bank information. It's a good deal. I think you're onto something there. Maybe you should look for the underbelly of the the accidental oopses of the free money or get us some, either way. I'll get myself some first and then I'll think about you guys second, I think. Oh, thank you. Appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. That's wonderful. That's honest. I'll take the honesty. That's beautiful. Yeah, I, I just, I just, I've never heard anything like that before. You know, like in all of the political gaffes that we've seen over all of the years and all the feet and all the mouths i've just never seen anybody get be like don't worry about it your data is safe there's a password by the way this is what the password is <laughs> so let's find the bright side in that password at least the password wasn't like 
you know, I like big booty, one, two, three, four, something like that, right? I mean, at least it was something. Well, you know, I would honestly think that the Japanese public, not that I'm speaking for them, but my gut feeling is they would have preferred I like big booty one, two, three, four in English because that is a harder password than Amagasaki 2022. Um, I think like people's main, uh, you know, their main, um, um, I'm thinking in Japanese at the moment, uh, hantai, which means opposition to this, is uh, that it's just too easy. Anybody could get it. And one thing that Japanese people really hate is incompetence, you know. And so I think I like big booty, one, two, three, four, get down on the floor, you know, and do your thing like it ain't no thing, that sort of thing. That would have been totally fine. But I guess I could mm-hmm. me too is a little bit embarrassing for the poor old guy. I think with the lack of uh, tolerance of uh, incompetence has just really helped us understand why our streaming stats out of Japan is really, really low. <laughs> I think we just figured it out. Well, you, because the incompetence levels on the show, Shane. Surely on the not. show, yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. You got it there. It's the International Dispatch, Sir Christopher Gilbert, live from Tokyo. Where are we going around the world, Chris? Um, I found this one just before I came on the air, and I told Ryan about it, but uh, I, I want to just chuck this one in, in New York because I love talking about the Hamptons and how everyone goes to the Hamptons. And it says, the headline here is, uh, rich New Yorkers are getting bladder surgery and Botox, which we, you know, I guess we knew about the Botox already, but they're getting bladder Botox. And this is why, because it's summer, they want to drive to the Hamptons, but they don't want to pee along the way. They want to avoid bathroom breaks, and so they're doing surgery to their bladders. Um, The story goes, traffic en route to the Hamptons has gotten so bad that it's sending some well-heeled New Yorkers to the doctor for a medical procedure that reduces the urge to pee so often. Uh, Apparently, the very wealthy New Yorkers who own homes there uh, in the Hamptons, 100 miles away, um, there's not many um, places to stop to relieve yourself along the way and uh i guess you know the people who own these places are getting a little bit up there in age at the moment and uh to combat what they call quote hampton's bladders uh these people are getting what is called uh, a prostate artery embolization that's for the men which reduces the size of the prostate and literally bladder botox for the ladies both of which decrease urinary frequency um, Dr. David Shusterman, a New York City urologist, says a lot of people have problems with this issue. They come out to the Hamptons, they have to stop four or five times on the way, but they can't find a restroom. Um, and he's been advertising, I mean, this all does sound like an ad for him, really, doesn't it? But he's been advertising mm-hmm. it with race to the Hamptons, not to the bathroom. Um, he said he's seen a 20% spike in patients looking for these. I don't see them until around May, and then all of a sudden they burst through my door. He's been performing 10 PAEs a day. He said patients have told him about, and this is the bit I just don't get. I've never encountered this. Chesterman said that patients have told him about fights in the car with friends when they needed to get off the road and find a restroom to no avail. Thousands of people are probably fighting about this every week, he said. I don't think they are. The doctor himself said, get this. I can tell you how many arguments I personally get into because I've lost three friends because I'm the driver that refuses to stop for a toilet break. What an absolute, oh, 
I can't. He he just outed himself that he won't stop for a toilet break, and I know why he's not stopping for toilet breaks because he wants people to go and get their bladder surgically altered because yeah. they can't pee. What a scam! What a scam! By the way, couple hour drive. Who has to stop four or five times? I think he's spinning this. Oh, also, this 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 article says the New York's wealthiest. I'm sorry, I have seen Succession, the wealthiest flight in helicopters. I know that for a. A, a, exactly. a televised fact. No one is driving to the Hamptons, you know, to to if you're if you're that wealthy. No one's. And if you're that wealthy, cars. someone is driving you, and they you pay them anyway. So if you say stop, they stop. If you're that wealthy, you can just hire somebody to hold a bag for you to pee into. You know, oh. if you're that wealthy, you can you can put some kind of contraption in your car. You know, maybe like the like the International Space Station, it. You know what I mean? Or maybe like an airplane. You just maybe like a little thing next to the cup holder. You just go in there and it stores it. You know, under the chassis, and then go to the petrol station and and you tip the guy, a, you know, four hundred dollars or whatever, and he gets rid of it. Four hundred dollars. All right. So, know, uh, by the way, how rich are the people in the Hamptons? Just so you know, I looked it up. Uh, most expensive house in the Hamptons. I can tell you this: the list of the top ten starts at forty-three million. Starts oh. at forty-three million. Southampton Village. Uh, then you get up to about mm, let's go number seven in um, Set, fifty-five million dollars. This is houses that sold last year. You get up to about number four. You're at Main Street, Wayne Scott on the ocean, sixty-six million dollars. It's not even a very nice house. Oh my goodness! Number one. You ready for this? Julie Pond Watermill. It's on the ocean. It's on the pond. Broker record, 42-acre waterfront estate, unobstructed views of the Atlantic Ocean, sold in August of last year, $105 million. I mean, that's just a two-bedroom townhouse in Auckland, New Zealand at the moment, the way the property market's going. But, like, the question <laughs> is, that the question is, that's so much money that I have absolutely no comprehension of who can buy that house. I don't know if like a very like rich, like Trump voting, um, like boat dealership guy who lives in the gated community. Like, I don't know if he can just like go into a lot of debt and get that house. Or I don't know if that's so rich. That's only Bezos material. Because for me, once you get uh, not only the 1%, but once you get into the, the top 20%, I just lose total comprehension of how much money is you know like a hundred million could be like i mean bezos would he live in a hundred million dollar house or would he would just like you know live in a bubble in the sky just you know like transcending humanity because some cryopod yeah like he's surely he's frozen by now somewhere (laughs) right his little little skeleton like body just all frozen in in the fetal position somewhere Like, like who I don't know. I'm just saying, I don't know who can afford a $100,000 house. Are we talking Gossip Girl? Are we talking uh, Six in the City? Are we Mm -hmm. talking, like, what kind of people? I have no idea. That's a very good question. Sir Christopher Gilbert from Tokyo. Uh, The International Dispatch, around the world, Australia, UK, or Greece? Where do we go? Uh, Let's go Australia. This is a very short story, and I just want to, like, hit it very quickly because I think it's cute and very Australian. Um, mm. The other week, a teenager was caught allegedly ferrying drugs around Melbourne. Nothing strange there. Um, but by the no. way, just for um, uh, Canadian listeners, uh, marijuana is still illegal in uh, 
Australasia and Australia and New Zealand. Um, although it is very socially, you know, it's the social norm. Um, but he was uh, allegedly ferrying drugs around a Melbourne suburb. But this is the coolest part while riding on a chili bin. Uh, How what? about that? A chili bin. A chili bit? A chili bin. A chili, chili bin. bin. You know, oh, a chili, a chili bin. bin. Of course. What? Of course, a chili bin. What? What? what do you not know What's what a chili, chili bin, bin is? I'm gonna say no. Any, what? Is that the wait? Is that what, the what? the cooler that has like wheels on it that can drive? No, oh, like a, it can drive. Well, this one can. This chili bin can. Oh wait, you guys call them wait. You guys call them coolers? Cooler. A chili bin? Are we talking oh like my the God, blue bin? Cooler? The blue Wait, bin with the, the white top that keeps drinks it's, yeah, cold? Yeah, it's like the Coleman's things that you put beer in when you go camping right. to yeah. keep them cold. Yeah. Yeah, ch- oh, so he was riding around on a cooler. Well, it's a chili bin because it's a bin that keeps things chilly. I actually like chili bin more. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. I like that. I thought for a second, I was like, you put your chili in it? That's weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, you yeah. could put your chili in it if you wanted. If you wanted chili, chili. But if okay. you wanted a hot chili, <laughs> be a chili, chili bin. Oh you have god! To put it in a in a spicy bin. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> he he got a chili bin. He got a cooler, um, and I think Australians actually call them iskies. Um, but he got one, and he made this really cool contraption as Ryan said, drive around on it. But he actually motorized it. Um, I'll, I'll send you guys the link in the in the in the Zoom call so you can see the picture. Yeah, um, yeah we'll post it up at shiftheads.ca for everyone to see as well. It's really awesome. Um, but it's got it, so imagine a scooter like the handle of like a like a push scooter, right? Like it's got like, oh, the handle of that, and then it looks like imagine that is attached to a ride-on lawnmower, but only the base, the ride-on bit, has been stripped off. And in its place, where you sit, Queensland is first bin. outlawed cannabis. Oh, that was me. Sorry. Oh, yeah, there, <laughs> there was the audio. Yes, there Sorry, was the old no. autoplay. There you go. Um, he's put a, a street sign in front of it that says ch- uh, "slippery when wet," and for some absolutely unknown reason, he's put a couple of shovels on one side of it. And apparently, he's been <laughs> hooning around Melbourne with his uh, with his esky cooler chili bin full of drugs, handing them out to people. And uh, that's really the extent of the story. I just thought it was an outstanding effort by him. I'm going to um, I'm going to describe this in Canadian terms for people to understand what you're trying to say, if that's okay. Uh, I think uh, he did sure, a great uh, job. Um, yeah, it's it's like a red flyer wagon with a cooler on it and then handlebars of a scooter. Oh, I got, I got the, I got the, wait, wait, what did I? I yeah, yeah, I got the scooter bite the bit right. You know, I got that yeah. correct in Canadian. Yeah, it's very cool. And and like inside the Iski Chili Bin, uh, sorry, continue. Someone was speaking. No, that was good. It was me. We were good. Okay, okay. Inside this Chili Bin Iski cooler, uh, police allegedly found that uh, allegedly a mobile marijuana unit, including the drugs, uh, the allergic scales, and of course a bong. Um, the teenager is being dealt with with police at the moment. I love that he had a like that's such a good service. Oh. It's you just know, what's like sampling, he, right? Do you reckon or do you reckon just a real good guy? You know, he's like, just in case you don't have one, I got one in the, I got one in the cooler. Mm. <laughs> I brought one with me. My chili bin. Oh, my God. All right. Um, yeah, you can see that shiftheads.ca. The link is up there. By the way, you might want to mute it. Uh, 
as I did not do when you opened up the link. Okay, so Christopher oh, Gilbert, we have time for one more. Are we going to the UK or Greece? Let's do the UK because I, I hate this story. AirPods swallowed by UK TV presenter and vitamin mix-up. Um, this, uh, I'm going to chuck in the words, degrade television celebrity apparently accidentally swallowed an AirPod on Sunday, mistakenly consu- uh, mistaking them for her vitamins. Um, the small white Apple headphones, which no longer are attached to a, uh, a cord. Um, she thought it was uh, a large pill, apparently. Um, she posted it to Twitter on Sunday and said, I just swallowed an iPod. I just, I can't do a British accent. I'm not going to try. Just swallowed an AirPod while downing my vitamins, telling followers, I don't recommend it. And she didn't need to go to the hospital because apparently she threw it up. She quickly recovered, saying her throat is sore. And apparently she explained, and this is like, if you're not believing her so far, listen to this. She explained that she had put her vitamins in her pocket while getting a glass of water. But then when she pulled the vitamins and the air pod from her pocket, she downed them all, the whole collection. Um, and I, I am just, that makes, who puts vitamins in their pocket? Like, isn't that, that's, that's one of, like, things that go in your mouth don't go in your pocket. You, you know, know what's I mean? funny? I, I was, I was thinking that I didn't believe the story until you said that she had them in her pocket. Cause Wait. I've done that. No. I think so. What? I think you put them in your pocket and then you're like, when you remember, you're like, oh yeah, I gotta take my thing. And then you just kind of take them out of your mouth and some people like Wait. shake them in their hand and then they just pop them in their face hole. Wait, are we talking about AirPods or vitamins? Vitamins. You put a vitamin, like the capsule, in your pocket where there's <laughs> well, When you say it that way, it sounds stupid. <laughs> and coins and keys and... Well, I don't M&M have coins rappers. anymore. I don't well, have those either. Your, your phone goes in your pocket. That That's like full of gross... Like, well, what? I subscribe to the five-second rule, so I guess, yeah, is the answer. But when you say it that way, it sounds stupid. But... <laughs> you put vitamins. Okay. Anyway, um, somebody on Twitter, she got very defensive about this. Somebody, there's people asking very normal questions. Uh, one Twitter user tweeted at her asking all the same questions that I have. Question one, why would you keep a load of pills like that in your pocket? Two, why did, why did you take them all at once? You usually take pills one by one. Three, if you didn't take them all at once and you would have looked to select which ones you were taking, four, I don't believe you. And she's retweeting these people being like, this is abuse. <laughs> I did. You're abusing me. But how wild is it someone thinks that that's the only way to take pills? You're telling me if you don't have three pills, you don't just pop them in your mouth and take them all at once? No, because I've got a small esophagus. No. Wait, is that, wait, 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 you got, wait, you got two tubes, one's for breathing, one's for swallowing. Esophagus is for swallowing or breathing? Uh, Somebody who knows science, help me, help me. Swallowing, yeah, yeah. Okay, thank goodness, yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I, like, I always find that the vitamin C tablets are a little bigger, a little chunkier, and, the, and I, I always have a hard time swallowing my vitamin C tablets. Get the chewable so vitamin Cs. Yeah, yeah you know, I like them, I like them too, but, you know, um, the, the ones that we get, I don't know why they're got they're big but yeah no i i can't take lots of pills at once you know i i got a cherry pip down there the other day i was eating cherries too enthusiastically and oh that's gonna kill you i know and i went i went to the the back and i was like oh there's no stopping this thing just just 
hit it hard, you know, pedal to the metal, and I swallowed as hard as I could, and I got it down, thank goodness. But no, mate, like, I, I just, I can't take a, multiple pills at the same time, like vitamins, you know, it, it's too much. Oh, man. I take multiple pills straight from my pocket um, all at once, Chuck or Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Like, Chuck or Kevin and Shane, the thing is that if you take them all at once, you're not looking at what else is in your hand. You don't wow, just yeah. shove your hand in your pocket, pull out a ball of lint that has some pills in it, and put it all in yep. your mouth. Yep, that's about right. Oh. You know, I like I said, these are the hard-hitting stories from around the world. Sir Christopher Gilbert, uh, thanks for being here, brother. Great to see your face. Look forward to chatting yeah. again soon, my friend. Yeah, yeah, soon again. See you guys. Good luck with the heat, hey? Yeah, thanks. You should, uh, <laughs> I need it. Listen listen to the shift next week we're going to be talking about air conditioners might help you out oh really okay yeah no i want to i want to hit me up about that i want to hear that because i need to know all about it because i am dying i am just i'm in the i'm in the three shower a day phase of life at the moment and i hate it but yeah keep Uh, posting on that i want to hear about air conditioners this is the shift podcast are you okay with starting a new job? Careful how you answer this one. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, pass. No, uh, I think it's really exciting, but also the nerves. Because most employers have that three-month uh, you know, window where if you goof up, they can just say bye-bye, uh, and you're so on your toes. That is not a great feeling, but it's exciting. You know, the new opportunities. I can remember how many times I was shaking before the the first time I did this show and uh, the nerves that came with it, but also the excitement. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I was uh, saying the land of radio, your first day at radio is, it's kind of like this. Um, your first day at a new radio station or first first radio show, which is great. I'll never forget my buddy Bruce Daniels. Uh, you might know Bruce's name if you're from Alberta. Um, he was, his very first was like in Hinton and he played us this audio from his very first radio skimmer. And his forecast, he did one of the very first forecasts. He was so nervous. He's like, and skies are cloudy with clear flurries and wet. Cool. <laughs> And that was the forecast. That was the whole forecast. Your very first day at work at a radio station is like the very first day at any other job. So say it's an office job. And when you go to that new, that new job, you're wandering around the hallways. You got to find the photocopier. You're trying to find the bathroom. You're trying to ask for help with, Hey, how do I log into this? Like all these different things you do. It's exactly like that, except the entire office, maybe the entire building just follows you around and watches everything that you do. And then they critique you if you do a good job or bad job. That's basically what a <laughs> first day at work at a radio station is like. Yeah. Well, I mean, it really depends starting a new job. Like you're going to make a mistake because you don't, that's how you learn. That's just how you learn. You do things wrong mm-hmm. sometimes and you learn not to do them that way anymore. So it really depends on the job. I've had a wide array of jobs. Some jobs, mistakes are catastrophic, especially when you're dealing with live big huge animals and, and people's yeah. lives and even a job like this a mistake by me is usually pretty obvious it's it's like oh that was not the right clip or shane's mic wasn't <laughs> on or was on at the wrong time well, or things Kelly's like that job is 
a little different because you never notice his job if if he does it well. Mm-hmm. So we very rarely don't notice your job. So you must do it well because you only notice it when there's a mistake, right? Yeah. So yeah, but mistakes happen, and you need mistakes to learn. It's just sometimes, it's, I guess it's best to really try to minimize the catastrophic ones. <laughs> yeah. That's a very good point. Um, a text from Trucker Dan says, I don't enjoy starting a new job, but I always wind up being happy about the new experiences of it. I think the best part about a new job, though, is the excitement leading up to the new job. Or oh, yeah. the best part is quitting the old job because you're like, I got a new job. Mm-hmm. Screw you. <laughs> you know, Fare thee well. Yeah. yeah. I left and you, uh, you tap mid-boxing out mid-boxing day to join this show. Yeah, yeah. Two week period. If you if you do it correctly, and you have the two week period or the the lame duck period, sometimes they're long. Like I've had lame duck periods that were like a month, and it was great because it's like yeah, they can't have no expectation. Yeah, if you do something wrong, they don't even yell at you because there's no point. (laughs) No, they don't care. They're like, yeah. By the way, that's not how we do it here. Right? That's what they say. Mm -hmm. One of your top priorities, day one of a new job, is to make a good first impression. But one Canadian politician is making less than a stellar first impression. Yes, Ontario's new natural resources minister has been accused of endangering threatened species. He was one of the new faces to enter Doug Ford's cabinet last week. But already, Graydon Smith, Ontario's new minister of natural resources and forestry, is facing accusations that he endangered a threatened species when he was the mayor of Bracebridge. It's my understanding, or at least uh, from the case, that eggs were destroyed. Landing's turtles' eggs were destroyed. The accusations come from another Bracebridge resident who claims road work done by the town in 2021 damaged the habitat of Blanding turtles. And town officials and Smith are being taken to court over the issue. My understanding that they were provided warnings that they should halt or, or, or limit the amount of road grading to a particular section of road during turtle nesting season. And after multiple uh, letters were sent to town, they went and did it anyway. Smith was not available for an interview, and the ministry referred media to the town of Bracebridge. In a statement to Global News, lawyers for the town called the allegations baseless. Okay. Let's be very careful on this one, just so we know. That's from Global's Holly McKenzie Sutter. Before we judge, a lawyer says the town of Bracebridge uh, is confident the charges will be thrown out. Smith won a seat in Perry Sound, Muskoka, by a margin of just over 2,000 votes, squeezing out hopeful Green Party candidate Matt Richter. So that tells you something right there, right? When the Green Party candidate almost got you, and then you become the environment minister, who's going to go after you? Let's just be cautious about the politics involved in this, not to mention that most cities, counties, and all of that are required to have proper environmental assessments. Now, if there was no environmental assessment done, well, then there's a problem. But if there was a proper environmental assessment done, it really doesn't matter if you send a letter saying, hey, by the way, I disagree with this. You're going to have to do more than that. So. I think the biggest clue here that should be a full stop on let's uh, innocent till proven guilty. Let's find out what happened behind the scenes is the fact that he barely beat a green party candidate, then becomes the environment minister and then gets accused of not being green and killing something. Or is that too obvious? But that's a sharply divided writing. 
it's like that's a sharply yeah. divided riding. Very Queen's close right? race between a conservative and a green. That's pretty rare. It's pretty interesting, yeah. actually. That's a good. I'd love you to watch that, that one on election night. Yeah. All right. It's the shift. I'm Shane Hewitt. We have this little segment here is Are You Okay? So let's start the next one here instead with something that makes no sense. Killing me won't bring back your goddamn honey. But I know it will. What is it? What is it? What is that? What is that? What is it? Oh, no, not the bees. Not the bees. Ah! I don't have my eyes. Eyes. Okay. Are you okay with... Oh, Nicholas Cage. Are you okay with bees? Not the bees. Yes. Bees are great. I uh, I was uh, recently just finished watching Jackass 4 and the uh, the stunt where they decided to play... Uh, is it T-ball? What's that? Or the sport where the pole in the ground, rope attached to a ball, and you flip it around... Oh, the volleyball one? Tetherball. Tetherball. Yeah, they played tetherball, but with a beehive. It's definitely not T-ball. No. Uh, And uh, yeah, uh, I think that just reinforces everything about bees. They're amazing creatures, but if you do something stupid, they're going to sting you and make you feel it. So um, just treat them with respect. Let them pollinate. Let them do their thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's what I was going to say. I treat bees with the utmost respect when I see one around. I yeah, I respect what it can do. I have not been stung by a bee since like the second grade. I remember it was a traumatic sting, and this is why I treat them I've with utmost respect. Really? Yeah, especially never. now with like the what was it a couple of years ago around here? It was in the Northwest too. The oh, the, the super the wild, super, super, the super mega pack, Asian yeah. hornet, Asian hornet, hornet yeah. that can steal your dog, Order giant. Hornet. Yeah. By the way, close your windows, lock your doors. Yeah. Hornets. Um. Yeah, so I what about wasps though? Do they qualify as the bee? Do you no. leave them? No. No, wasps wasps I will attack. If I see I saved I, Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say I saved a bumblebee. Yeah. That was pretty nice, flew the, the house. That was felt great, right? Saved a bee. And then a wasp flew in the house, saved it. Stupid wasp flew back again, saved it again, flew back again, dead wasp. Sorry, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gave you three I chances. Don't give it the chance. But they do that. They fly that routine, right? Once they find a path, they fly the path, fly the path, fly mm-hmm. the path. If you ever want to wait for kill the wasp, just wait a second. He'll come back. They always do. Uh, bees, on the other hand, are great. They're very cute. They're fuzzy. They're yellow. They're black. But you never want to be around when they get out of control. Very well done. That was a type of one purpose. You. Whoa. Thank What's you. happening to Ryan? Good? <laughs> Unfortunately, a massive colony of bees that was being transported by a truck rolled on a Utah highway on Monday. Oh, Lie, releasing millions and millions of bees. Luckily, some local beekeepers jumped into action. They were actually local beekeepers in their full uniform. At this time of the year, we often see semi-trucks traveling down the highway with, with hundreds of hives on them, and it, it almost always goes without fail. So. On Monday morning, a semi-truck transporting hundreds of beehives with millions of honeybees along I-80 in the Silver Creek Canyon area of Summit County, rolled over. First responders treated two people who received minor injuries, including multiple bee stings. Firefighters also sprayed the area while the mangled hives were moved to the side of the road. It's sad to see, but it, it does happen. 
millions of bees did not survive. We've been slowly going through the hives looking to see what's been damaged, what hasn't, and unfortunately, more is damaged than not. Aw. That's cool, though. Save the day. Mm-hmm. Fox 13, by the way, with that report, get this, some beekeepers locally came to try to rescue any bees they could, but the owner of the hives called them off because the incident is now an insurance matter. Don't save the bees. Anger. <laughs> yeah. Insurance companies. Boy, they make the world a great place. One local beekeeper told Fox 13 they are wild animals now. Uh, born free. Um, Rowan Atkinson's Man vs. Bee. Have you seen oh. the... It's no, on Netflix. I haven't watched it yet, no. but it's, it's, it's probably going to be list. the best show of the year. I would watch I it do imagine. anything, but... Oh. The premise of the new movie, uh, that's Mr. Bean, by the way. The premise of the movie is that he basically can't get a job. He wants to spend some time with his kids. So he gets a job house-sitting at this gigantic mansion. And then there's a bee that flies in. And just mayhem, as that is Rowan Atkinson, because of the bee. And he ends up getting suitor and quarter in jail because of the whole thing. Sounds fun. Are you okay with... Loud music. I love loud music. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have some hearing issues when I'm older. But God, it's just so. Look, at the end of the day, quiet music is great. But throughout the day, I don't want to hear the sounds of cars passing by. I want to hear loud, depressing synth wave and new wave music in my earlobes. You know, I want that. (laughs) Loud, depressing. Yeah. Yeah, Brendan gets it. Yeah, I get it. I like all my music loud. Um, pretty conscious of my neighbors though now, so I, I never really blast my music. Well, blast it in my earbuds, or like if when I had a car, it was absurdly loud, and it was funny because I listened to a diversity of music. So sometimes it would be absurdly loud classical. Sometimes it. it would be oh, wow. yeah, absurdly loud. You're like me, you want to feel yeah, it. I really want to feel it. I don't care if it's whatever. Absurdly loud Cheryl Crow. I'll do it. <laughs> uh, there's a line. Um, I, 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 I will admit that earlier in the show, on a commercial break, I was looking up um, subwoofers for sale. And this guy's got some. Uh, he's got four 18-inch, 1,000-watt subwoofers, like commercial quality, that match the ones that I have. And I was like, I could use six subs, 6,000 watts of 18-inch in my garage. I mean, that would be normal, right? It's more than most nightclubs, but why not? So my answer is yes. <laughs> it might be bad for your ears, especially for Ryan's, but maybe it's his taste in music. Pretty sure it's the volume. Listening to loud music is the best. I feel like we all can agree. It's the best when it's your favorite song. It's not so great when it's not your favorite song. But if you live in Florida, it's now also a crime. What does it mean to be from Florida? Florida. Straight drip. Are we two in a row for Florida here on the shift? We got to get our yeah, count back damn up. Damn right, Florida we count. are two in a Florida row. Florida stories going for a record. Da, da. We haven't had a uh, royal flush of Florida stories five in a row in one week in a while, so we got to work on that. Beginning July one, drivers can receive a fine of up to one hundred fourteen dollars for blasting music in their cars. Teenagers beware! Here's more from Six News South Florida. 
The city of Fort Lauderdale with the flashing sign campaign warning drivers. The loud noise ordinance will be enforced. No loud music or exhaust. Police ready to issue fines for people playing music too loud in their vehicles. We're going to turn the music up well into the 80 decibel range. 70 is considered acceptable and won't damage your hearing in the short term. The law says if the music is audible within 25 feet of the vehicle, that would be a violation of the law. And an officer can hit you with a fine for 114 bucks. No, we don't need a decibel meter. We just need to hear it from greater than 25 feet. With the windows up, you can't hear the music from 25 feet. With two windows down, though, you can. By the letter of the law, that could be a citation. Right. However, um, we, we're reasonable. We, we're getting a lot of complaints from the homeowners downtown right now. So we know the areas in which we get the most complaints. So therefore, we're moving our manpower to those locations to address this in the weeks to come. Don't need a decibel meter. Definitely need a tape measure. Many drivers told News 6 they're not pleased with the statute, deeming it a new revenue device for law enforcement. Police officers like Orange County Sheriff's uh, Officer Lieutenant Mike Crabb have spoken out against the backlash. We're not trying to target someone listening to music, have a good time, but there is a noise limit you can create for your vehicle. I think that's terrible. Here's what they need to do, because they didn't ask, but I'll tell them anyway. Residential areas, if you're in a residential area, like the speed limit, say 50, then absolutely, I think that's that's a fair ball. But if you're driving on a boulevard, give her noise laws, normal noise laws. I mean, they've got the fart can noise, noise laws and the ones for motorcycles, at least in my city, so you can't be loud, so loud on the motorbike. Stuff like that. But I think that, uh, you know, those they, what they should give you the ticket for is if you spent more on your subwoofer than you did on your car, eh? Also, if you can't afford the sticky stuff that makes your trunk and your license plate not vibrate from your loud stereo, that should be a ticket. I think someone who likes good stereo in their car, that's that's not a good ticket. But if you can't afford to make that license plate stop rattling, that should be your ticket. I would say to the state of Florida, nothing says freedom like creating more laws. <laughs> that's a very good yeah. point. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.